going on guys welcome back to pure evil mma with your host as always evil eddie let me fix this for the people tuning in here on youtube and this is gonna be a really interesting episode i have for everybody because this weekend's ufc vegas 50 it's literally god written for a gonzo journalist now you can get the ordinary stories like you will on mma junkie which no disrespect on them i would love to come on their show or ariel who's probably actually one of the most unique and is probably the guy that everybody else kind of copies but when you have a gonzo journalist i don't know how many of you out there uh know what gonzo journalism is but if you know who hunter s thompson was and he may be most famous for his role that Johnny Depp played in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Gonzo journalism, if you look it up, this is my definition of it, is somebody who's giving you a sports article or an article where they go and cover an event, but it's through their own eyes, their own experiences, what they felt, what they were going through, how they reacted to it, what makes it important for this day and age with what news is going on to the, in the world, and right now in 2022 compared to when uh you know hunter s thompson was doing his thing and being quoted as the creator actually of gonzo journalism um which now actually evolved into vlogging and what you have today here on youtube but hunter s thompson is the guy who started it all and he may be most well known for his drug use unfortunately because he would take a lot of acid and do a lot of you know insane drugs if you've never seen fear and loathing uh i really highly recommend it it was made in the late 90s it was the first book i read um, i think i was in eighth grade or maybe i was even a freshman and it it really changed my life and as a young kid having connections with kc 101 with my dad's friend being one of the djs over there for the morning show um you know i always wanted to be on air i wanted to be giving my tales and when i read fear loathing las vegas man it really changed my life when i looked into gonzo journalism and realized you know i'm different i'm not like your ordinary uh joe schmo or <laughs> kind of funny that you say that like what the schmo does is basically a mock i mean as as much shit as i talk about him He's really just mocking what journalism is. It's just a repeat copy and paste. You see it all the time on this website and that website. The only interesting website I've seen over the years is what we bring up on the forums. Twitter, hashtag MMA Twitter is really uh, one of my favorite sites to go on. If you're not part of hashtag MMA Twitter or, uh, you know, on fight night, giving your take on what's going down whether it's on bellator titan fc one bkfc eagle fc 46 i mean that's that's the realest part there's no censors it's not like you see on tv there's no brainwashing going on um it, every story is not the same when it comes to gonzo journalism and tonight i have probably one of my favorite um experiences i've had in a long time 2022 has been one hell of a ride for us mma fans because a lot has changed in the last just couple of years between conor mcgregor bringing a whole whole new era of young kids interesting and miss martial arts um and then you have logan paul and jake paul with their boxing and like i keep calling him the white knight it's not the champions that are changing anything mma is ufc is a mafia uh tfl um you know most of the people over there that are fighting are under ali abdelaziz's contract so when you see him sitting there he's just ranking and dough and if you look into his backstory with mike russell um that's that's real journalism right there somebody who's not afraid even a lot of these fighters you would be shocked at you know them being signed by somebody who was known to the fbi as being involved with 9 11 and here on the east coast that really strikes something awful in me and it shows you how corrupt the system is 
just for the money to make in a sport where these guys are getting punched in the face with all the studies with CTE. It's so corrupt. The stories go so deep. And last night, we had every shade of why MMA is not just corrupt, but also very beautiful and real and relatable. So with that being said, guys, make sure to subscribe down below if it's your first time tuning in here to Pure Evil MMA. This is the right episode for you because we are going in deep on this one. I'm going to be extremely raw, no censors, and that's what you guys deserve because that's what I see from you guys on Twitter. So with that being said, follow me on Twitter, evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. Follow me on iTunes, Twitter, Spotify, Stitcher. Follow me on all those things. You know exactly what to say. Hit that bell so they know you want so they tell you when I'm gonna go live. Because tonight, um, I planned on going live at eight. And things were happening in my life. Uh as you guys know, I bental, I bental, I battle mental um depression we all do you know we, we like to think that we're different but really there's more similarities and there are differences but what no matter what color of skin you are how you're brought up and you can really uh you know magnify point number one on whatever you want micromanage whatever discussion you want on that but really what mma has taught us over the years is we really are a lot more similar than we are different from country to country and everything that's going on to the world and we see two guys stepping in there they're not fighting over race they're not fighting over this they're not fighting over that they're fighting for what life means to them overcoming obstacles and that in itself is what life is it's a miracle for any of us to be alive just the magic in that and how it happens is a miracle for each and every one of us to be here even tuning into this episode of pure evil mma whether how you found it which i'm actually interested in uh, i really want to know the people out there that are listening to this podcast how did you find us and i know we have some longtime listeners as we reach almost a decade here covering the sport and the stories i have i actually have a ton of notebooks around me where i'm going to do a special episode going through them because when i found them and it was so crazy. Just the last couple of years, uh, some of the stories that have come out that we forgot about, that we were just all in the middle of. So this is going to be a beautiful episode of Pure Evil MMA. And for the longtime listeners, I know you're sick of hearing this, but uh, for the new listeners, Pure Evil MMA doesn't mean you're getting all the underground nasty news and uh, MMA is rigged and this and that. No, my name is... Eddie, so E for Eddie, and V-I-L, my last name, starts with V-I-L, I actually got evil tattooed on my hand. What you're getting is pure Eddie Valeco MMA. That's what pure evil MMA stands for. Got the hand tatted, got the brand tatted on my hand, ho. So let's jump into this episode, pure evil MMA. Here we go. Before we jump into this episode of Pure Evil MMA, I really want to just quickly make sure that the stream is up and running on YouTube because I realized last week we were having a, a couple of issues here. So let me just make sure everything is going right and it looks like everything is just dandy here on Pure Evil MMA. I welcome you guys all back. Thank you for joining me. I know it's daylight savings time, an hour ahead. So here we are now at 11.14, which really it would be 10.14 uh, just yesterday. And the science behind all that and whatever, going back to the farmers or what have you. But last night and even this week in general, we've had so many crazy stories. Last night... Uh, you know, BKFC, Eagle uh, Eagle FC 46, Diego Sanchez versus Kevin Lee, and then UFC Vegas 50, and the stories that came out of that one. That is where we're going to be starting tonight, because it was the most intense 
night. I've seen in mixed martial arts in a very long time with what I was seeing on Twitter, how you guys were reacting. I mean, we're, we're definitely going to be going through some of that in just a little bit. The tweet of the week and all that set up for you. But guys, the real story coming out of last night. Was it the comeback? Was it the Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya story in the shutdown within just one fight, one moment, one shot, one chance? Like Eminem once said, you only got one shot. Was it the Miranda Maverick story? Was it the Bruce Leroy story? Or was it the Khalil Roundtree story? Because to me, guys, last night was all about Khalil Roundtree. So let's start today's show with a salute to what Khalil actually had to say during that fight, man. And a lot of people don't give him the credit. If you haven't been watching um, MMA for a while, that's all right. We saw the retirement of Marlon Morales. You know what? Let's start there because that's actually the perfect place to start before we segue into the story of Khalil Roundtree. And we will salute Marlon because I remember years ago, uh, World Series of Fighting going into PFL with Ray Seffo, Marlon, Justin Gaethje, and uh, David, oh man, I, why, why can't I think of his name? It's too late. Uh, Dave, he just got called off of uh, one, F, uh, one championship fight. David, uh, you guys got to help me out in the live chat there. I'm just going stupid over the years, but you know, those three got signed from the PFL, changing from World Series of Fighting. They were the three champions, right? Marlin was the protege for Frank Yedger. Had a bright future ahead of him. Now, on my other computer over here, I'm going to type in Marlin Morales on Tabology because when he got signed over, man, he was on a killing. He had a bright story. I remember covering uh, World Series of Fighting for their last show on New Year's at Madison Square Garden Theater. Let's go to Google really quick. Google.com. And the stars that were rising, the magic that was happening. A lot of people didn't know who Justin Gaethje was. A lot of people didn't know who Marlon Morales was. He was making a name, was getting uh, a lot of people start talking about him. And Google just shit the bed on me. Let's look at his his record. He was destroying everybody. He looked like the complete fighter. Ground game, stand-up game. All right, Marlon. Yeah. And we're going to go to his Tapology page. Now, a lot of the discussions tonight, we're going to be getting into Greg Hardy and what have you. You know, a lot of your story has to do with what fights you're taking, where you're at in your career, what your manager is wanting out of you. And Marlon Morales, I don't know what happened to this man. He's got a record of 23 and 10. Now let's look at when he was signed to the UFC um, because when he was in World Series of Fighting, all right, so from 2011, he's got one, two, three. Uh, his third fight in 2012 against Miguel Torres, that's when he signed to World Series of Fighting on the first card, Arlovsky versus Cole, which you guys remember, Arlovsky was trying to make his uh, return to the octagon. So three wins. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, up to 2016. He gets signed to the UFC in 2017, and they match him up. At the time, Hafiela Sunsau was ranked like number one or number two in that division with TJ Dillashaw over at Bantamweight. That was an exciting division. Uriah Faber, um, and Hafiela Sunsau was the face of that division. Uh, and UFC 212. They sent him in there against Hafiela Sunsau. They sent um, Dave in there 
against i think it was like uh rda or something crazy like that and then they sent Justin Gaethje's against Michael Johnson. Now, the lead up for that was how are all of these guys, after all of these years of the UFC being known for their fighters, right? UFC was known for having the best in the business. How are these guys going to blossom in the UFC? Kind of like the Michael Chandler story that we have going on right now. They match him up against Hafiel Asuncao. And he takes a loss via split decision. It was a great fight. I even believe that uh, Marlon was doing pretty well in that fight, landing a couple of high kicks. But Hafiel Asuncao at the time was 18 and 4. Marlon Morales and Hafiel was 24 and 5. So this was a huge test. They wanted to get these guys right in there to become champions, right where they left off in the World Series of Fighting. They wanted to prove themselves, just like Michael Chandler wanted to do. If you're a, new, a newer fan. Uh, he loses that. They sent him there against John Dodson. UFC Fight Night 120. He wins via split decision. After that, Aljamain Sterling, the current champ. He beats him in round one. A minute and seven seconds. Back in 2017. That was the night that Aljo got knocked out. And he actually like did a dab on the way down. After that, beating Jimmy Rivera. You know, Jimmy Rivera also had a really exciting story coming into the UFC. He was undefeated, had some great fights. Then they have the rematch against Hafiel Sunsau, and Marlon beats him in round one. The second fight ever when the UFC got signed to ESPN Plus. So ESPN Plus 2 back in 2019. Beats Hafiel with a guillotine choke. Three minutes, 17 seconds in round one. So they're all right, okay. This kid's getting it. They sent him in there against Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo, they sent him in there with. He only had two losses at the time. And I believe both of them coming from uh, the champ Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, at least one of them. He loses that via grounded pound round three. Cementing Henry Cejudo as, uh, you know, Henry Cejudo, when Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson was on a tear trying to catch up with who Anderson Silva, uh, the legacy of Anderson Silva, and just pulling out the most amazing finishes, but not selling enough pay-per-views. They wanted exciting fighters. Remember when they matched Henry Cejudo up with Mighty Mouse? Great fight. Great fight. Unfortunately, Henry lost that fight. They went on to do an ultimate fighter. And the winner was going to fight Mighty Mouse. We had Tim Elliott on there. It was a great season. Um, the coaches were... Oh, the coaches was Henry Cejudo and Joseph Benavides. And they're all trying to train each and every one of their teammates on how to beat Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. It was an exciting season of the ultimate fighter back in 2019, I believe it was. So he, he loses. Marlon loses. And he gets the biggest win of his career. Biggest name win of his career. When he beats Jose Aldo via split decision. On an amazing night. UFC 245. Usman versus Covington. Back at the end of 2019. But after that. We get to 2020. And he goes on a four fight losing streak. He loses to Corey Sandhagen. Rob Font. Both finishes too. Corey Sanhagen beats him via wheel kick, round two, minute and three seconds. Rob Font beats him, round one, three minutes and 47 seconds. Then he fights Marab Davilishvili. It's a badass name right there. He loses against him, round two, four minutes, 25 seconds via ground and pound. That was Volkanovski versus Ortega last year in September. Then he loses last night. Versus Yadong Song. Via uppercut. Round one. Two minutes and six seconds. What happens to a fighter? That's the greatest mystery. We've seen it happen with Chuck Liddell. We've seen, seen it happen with plenty of fighters. You have a granite chin and all of a sudden it's gone. It happens. Andre Arlovsky. It happens. 
Marlon Morales on a four-fight losing streak. We have other fighters that are on four-fight losing streaks um, that have made an amazing comeback. It's harder to get into the you hard to get back in the UFC than it is to get into the UFC. A lot of people will say, and you, you've heard me say this on a lot of podcasts, and it's the truth. Marlon Morales last night, if you're watching the video cast, takes his glove off, which means retirement. Now that is a very sad story. Because when we get into our next story, which is Khalil Roundtree and what happened there, it's, it's two different sides of what the world of MMA is. Look at the story of Jose Aldo. Look at um, even just last night with Drew Dober taking on this young up-and-comer. And Terrence, man, he went in there and he blew his load pretty quick, right? Drew Dober had one of the most amazing comebacks I've seen in a long time. Now, I'm looking for my, not the Marlin retires, but I'm looking for the Khalil Roundtree. We're going to have to go to our tweets of the week. And this week, we got two. So let's, let's go into that because this is definitely going to be one of the tweets of the week. So let's head into that. Now, getting in a tweet of the week, hopefully you guys won't see my freaking password because I just got logged out, was Khalil Roundtree's story last night. I mean, this is a guy, now they want me to grab my freaking phone. Khalil Roundtree's story coming in from Ultimate Fighter Season 23. He told every single one of us, you guys are going to see the code here, told every single one of us his story on his comeback here. He was a 300-pound kid. He was suicidal. Now, me having kind of a similar backstory, and I know I don't want to like brag about my backstory or what have you, but you know, being somebody that battles suicidal thoughts was also a reason why I had to delay tonight's podcast due to you know I had to reset myself. Leo Roundtree and his story is absolutely amazing, and sometimes life throws you just these little windows. It can open for a brief second. You put in all of this hard work. And life will open a window for you to shine. Some people may call it your 15 minutes of fame. I call that working hard, overcoming your fears, and understanding while feeling proud of yourself. Coming over all of your fears. Working to reach your best potential that everyone around you who loves you sees in you. Now, if you're watching the video cast on YouTube, this person that you see right here in front of you, that's Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree Jr. is one inspirational individual tweets MMA moments. Pictured below, he was 300 pounds, depressed and suicidal. Right now, he's a top, uh, top contender in the UFC late heavyweight division. Very tough division. I want a lot of you guys out there to look at that. Look at this photo of Khalil Roundtree. Just uh, putting on a fake smile. You see a lot of sadness in this. You see a lot of sadness here. 300 pounds. Now, he took that and he turned it all around. We have a speech coming up in just a second. I interviewed... A lot of fighters where I try to capture these kinds of stories. Because why do we tune in every week? There's a lot of us just bleed fans. But there's a lot of us. Which is the reason the UFC has become. The sport it is now. How it's grown the way it's grown. How it's come on to ESPN. It's the stories and the backgrounds of a lot of these fighters. You know back in the day. The first ever clip of an MMA fight on ESPN was the, show, uh, the Showtime cage kick against Benson Henderson. As we get into this podcast and we talk about Greg Hardy, 
And the lesson that Dana White was trying to teach us, because every episode you, ha you heard me bitch, how it's hard to root on anybody that they've made all the changes they need to make. They weren't that person that beat the shit out of their former girlfriend. Look at War Machine. How he's spending a long time in jail for beating up his girl. And the road that he went down after getting kicked out of the UFC. After being on the Ultimate Fighter. I actually want to do a video where I react. Somebody did an amazing documentary on the War Machine. And uh, we're going to do a live reaction to that very soon. But Khalil Roundtree's story, man. Take a listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, the end comes officially 25 seconds. Round number two, referee Herb Dean stops this fight for your winner by TKO, Khalil Roundtree Jr. I'm here with the winner, Khalil Roundtree. First of all, Khalil, congratulations on a dominant finish there. There's a focus to you this week, even in the fighter meetings, and that it translated to the cage tonight. What was behind that? You know what, Paul? I gotta say one thing, man. This month, it marks 12 years that I've been fighting MMA. 12 years. 12 long years in MMA. And as you know, that's a risk. You don't have a safety net to fall back on. What's Marlin gonna do now? Man, I wanna, I don't wanna wait until I'm a champion to be able to tell my story. Very true. Like I just said, life opens these little windows. Call it your 15 minutes of fame. But when you have this adrenaline, this purity running through your body, and you may say it's coming from a fight, but no, it's, it's coming from so much more than that. It's coming from so much commitment, so, ma so much sacrifice. There's a lot of people that get just lay in bed all day depressed, have no motivation to go out or do anything. Even me, you know, having to reset myself mentally so I can do the best I can do for you guys with this podcast. Listen to what he has to say. On where I come from, being a 300 pound kid on the brink of suicide, burdened by depression, not knowing what to do in my life, not knowing where to go. And I just want to be able to share that and like, and really like inspire people, the millions of people out there that feel just like I do, that don't have a dream, that don't know what they're doing, that just need something. I want to be able to share my story with these type of people because maybe those are some lives that I can change. So when I come in here, man, that's my focus, Paul. I want to be able to, to tell a story with my life, not just come in here and fight. Yes, this, is, this has made me who I am today. But, man, I want to do something big. And without, if I want to take on the world in that way, I got to have focus, man. Well, you had focus. and You got to have focus. Life offers you these, these little windows, man. I'm telling you, life only offers these little windows. We have our ups. We have our downs. The downs could be the worst downs ever when the highest highs ever and the sport that really shows us that is mixed martial arts you did something big tonight khalil you went out there with just a, a, a focus that i have never seen and the way you stalked your opponent i want you to take a look too because it was it was dynamite i mean your accuracy with your strikes on the feet this right hook was nasty but what i loved is the body kick your awareness of where your opponent is at all times did you know that that was going to land? Did you? I want to stop it there for everybody. Because that, that was the most important part. And I want to show you guys something I found very inspirational on, on another podcast I did with Ian Heinish. Who, if you don't know his story, he was arrested years ago as he was growing up smuggling ecstasy. He went on the run, ended up in jail. Now, from jail, he worked his butt off to reach his full potential. You don't know if you're going to walk out the door tomorrow and it could be your last day. I've seen it happen with my own eyes. You, a lot of you out there have your stories. And Ian Heinish's story, Khalil Roundtree's story, those are the most important things as we watch mixed martial arts.
and even even a fighter take, taking a loss and how they how they deal with it. You know, it wasn't even that long ago when we saw this. Let me pull this up. Uh, Pure Evil MMA on Twitter, on YouTube, and we can take a listen to Dustin Poirier. When he was about to retire after he lost to Habib. Now, I posted this two years ago. It's got half a million views. Take a look at this. Thank you guys for the support. It means a lot to me. If I choose to fight again, I'll be back strong. If not, I'll see what God has in store for me. Thank you. Just like that. Dustin Poirier, who's now considered one of the greats. Not knowing where to go. Was he going to give up in that moment? And if, if he did give up in that moment, we wouldn't have been able to see some of the more beautiful fights that cemented Paul, not Paul Felder, that cemented Dustin Poirier as one of the best in the world. And if you haven't seen his documentary, uh, I think it's just called Fight Life. Um, you should definitely check it out. I don't know where to find it. Again, I'm going to be doing my top five favorite mixed martial arts documentaries and uh, top five mixed martial arts movies. Now, here is a short clip from my interview with Ian Heinish. Here we go. What you say to somebody right now? That to hope I can fight in South America because I, I love South American and the people and the culture. Before we let you go, this is the last thing I want to say. Obviously, your story and background is so inspiring. Do you have a message for anyone out there, a young kid that may be going through hard times and they, they see somebody like you, they see your story? Do you have a message to not give up? Or, or, or what would you say to somebody right now that was in your shoes? Yeah, you know, I mean, just look at it like as they, that you're never too far gone. Like, I mean, I was in a prison cell in a foreign country you know, with no hope and, and nothing going on for me uh, four and a half years ago. And now I'm in the UFC in the top 20. And so no matter what race you are, gender, nationality, your upbringing, I mean, it's never too late. Your age, it doesn't matter. Just just find find a relationship with God. Find your destiny, your path, and, and follow that out. And, I mean, he'll be along the way helping you make the right decisions. And, I mean, hard work pays. It's 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 so cliche, but it's it's the truth. And if... It's about being consistent and uh, dedicating your life to something that you want so bad. And uh, if anyone's out there struggling, just know that there's hope. Ian, thank you so much. You know what we like to do at this part in the interview? We hand the imaginary microphone over to you. If you have any sponsors, shout outs, anything at all, including your social media tags, the floor is now all yours. Beautiful words from these small moments that we tune in week after week and capture we've learned a lot uh, mma has really saved my life it really has and last night was the perfect story for it all you had people chasing their dreams like alex Pereira, who was coming into this fight known as the guy who beat israel adesanya in kickboxing he had that one moment to shine and unfortunately he didn't make it so, I don't know what the future for, for for Alex Pereira is. But you only get one shot sometimes. And you really got to seize that. And then when you get into the corner, once again, the world has you cornered. Don't give up on yourself. There's one thing I learned in life when I've gone through the hardest times. Your mind can really be evil devil plays tricks on you. UFC even plays tricks on you to teach lessons. We'll talk about in a second. Sometimes you just got to keep breathing and keep being your best. Never give up. Never do less than you could be doing. Always try to do more. And if you're not trying to do more for yourself, try to do more for others. But also, be cautious about doing more for others. There's another thing we learned in our own lives and in mixed martial arts. That not everybody has their best interest in you. And sometimes it's better. But everything 
that you have in yourself when people count you out. Now, Drew Dober took that kind of fight last night with a huge, huge comeback fight that I, I've seen in a long time. And he doesn't need a tattoo damage <laughs> across his chest for this one. Because Drew Dober last night when he stepped in there, he got absolutely crushed. Uh, somebody sent out a hilarious tweet. Let me find it here. Where the first round, man, he got dropped like three times. It was like an Eddie Alvarez fight versus Conor McGregor. He literally got dropped three times. Uh, so shout out to, oh, Mac Malley, who's also winning our tweet of the week here. Drew Dober 12 seconds into the fight. Still wins. You're not listening to the, uh, shit, I'm not even showing you guys the reaction here. Let me go to the internet. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad at this thing. Let's go to the internet. So Mac Malley, my boy Mac Malley, MMA. Give him a follow on Twitter. One of the top follows here. This is just absolutely hilarious. He actually worked with uh, MMA on point. I'm glad they brought him on. His tweet right here is of a statue with its head just completely blown off. It really was Drew Dober last night. And taking on Terrence the way he did. You know, the way that the UFC usually sets these fights up is for... The opponent, the up-and-comer, to show that they have what it takes to be in the ranks, to be in the top 15. You have what it takes. You can call a lot of these fighters gatekeepers. It shouldn't be an insult to any of the fighters out there that may not become champion anytime soon. Look at Glover Teixeira. Look at Michael Bisping. I mean, Drew Dober going in there. Look at... The fight we had with the Korean Zombie versus Yair, Yair Rodriguez with one second left doing that spinning elbow, knocking out Korean Zombie. MMA is a crazy sport, man. Uh, tweet, another tweet of the week goes to Mac Miley because uh, that comeback, man, how Drew Dober just didn't give up. Showing he really, some it's weird because in, in mixed martial arts, some people have a chin of granite. Some people just, it. It just disappears after a certain amount of time. Um, there was a lot of great upcoming stories. Miranda Maverick. Um, also, Bruce Leroy going in there against Sadiq Youssef, who is number 12 ranked at Featherweight. Bruce Leroy is another example of a guy who wasn't doing too well just a couple of years ago. Win, loss, win, loss. And he's been doing this thing for a very long time, I think, since like Tough 8, something like that. But another guy, man, that he was on a four-fight winning streak. Marlon Morales now on a four-fight losing streak. Hard when you see a guy throw his gloves in there when you know there's more to the story if they just push forward. And how beautiful that story could be if they push forward. Which is what makes me sad about Ronda Rousey a lot of the time. Uh, Khalil Roundtree. You know, let's look at Khalil Roundtree's record. It's not like he's been an unstoppable fighter inside the UFC. He even had it really hard when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, nonetheless. Um, he's got a record. Khalil of the Warhorse Roundtree, 10-5. and five. Let's take a look. He's on a two-fight losing streak, a two-fight winning streak. But before that... He was on a two-fight losing streak stretching back to 2019, much like uh, who we're going to be talking about in just a little bit with Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez. Um, before that, he had a win over Eric Anders, which was an amazing, uh, a huge win because Eric Anders was another guy on the rise. And I actually messaged Eric Anders personally because there was a tweet that went out this week that really just was so super disgusting. He had a chainsaw accident, and it was extremely bad. So I tweeted out, Eric Anders is such a gangster. I sent him a text to check on him after his chainsaw accident, and he goes, and here's his exact text message. It's not even that bad. I went, bruv, what? They're just some stitches. Now look at that. Look at that fucking cut, guys. Look at this freaking cut. I, I retweeted it on my Twitter for you guys listening to the podcast. This thing went deep. Let me zoom in a little bit for you guys watching on the video cast. 
Because this is disgusting. I might even get censored for this. We're 400% zoomed in. It won't even let me do, do it any justice. But this thing literally looks like it almost sliced his entire foot off. And do you know what a setback that would be for his entire career? And he, he responded to me, it's not even that bad, just some stitches. That's a fighter right there. That's, that's a gangster, man. Uh, I remember interviewing Joe Riggs a couple years ago. Shout out to Alex Bonwick for setting up that fight. And if you, if you know Riggs' story, you know, he was trying to get back into the UFC. The day that he gets the call for his return to sign a contract, for a UFC fight, he accidentally shoots himself in the hand. Of all places, Joe Riggs shot himself in the hand. He's still fighting for BKFC. Um, had a bunch of great fights. Even recently fought, um, who, who's also managed by Alex Bonwick, uh, Melvin Gillard, who had an amazing podcast here in Pure Evil MMA. But Eric Anders, man, that, that's, a, that's something brutal. But yeah, so... We're looking at the record. Khalil Roundtree. He lost to Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker was on the rise as well at the time. We thought that could have been the end of him back in 2018. But before that, he had an amazing win against Gokan Saki in round one via punches. Back at UFC 226, Stipe for DC. Before that, he had a win over Paul Craig via punches, round one. Before that, a win over Daniel Jolly, 52 seconds. With a, I believe it was a flying knee at the time, back in 2017. Now before that, when he got signed to the Ultimate Fighter. So when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, he loses to Corey Hendricks. So here, oh, no, 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 here. Season 23, he, he beats... Mo DeReese via soccer kick to the body, round two, 30 seconds. Round two, loses in an exhibition to Corey Hendricks via rear naked choke in round number one, but comes back on that season, Ultimate Fighter season 23 with a first round KO, four minutes, 15 seconds over Josh Stansberry. Now at the finale, goes in there against Andrew Sanchez. Blue Roundtree was 4-0 at the time. Andrew Sanchez was 7-2. Because they don't count your, win your wins or your losses when they're talking about uh, the ultimate fighter. He loses via decision. That's back in 2016. His second fight in the UFC, UFC Fight Night 101, back in 2016. He loses via rear naked choke to Tyson Pedjo. So for a lot of these guys, what would usually happen right out the you right out the ultimate fighter you're not getting paid much 15 15 maybe 20 and 20 uh they, they might drop you they might drop you but he comes back with a win over daniel jolly flying knee round one 52 seconds win over paul craig win over gokan saki loses to johnny walker round one beats eric anders in decision loses to ion kutalaba uh, from elbow from mount round uh, round one loses to Marcin Puccino via unanimous decision. Then goes on a two fight winning streak. Back in 2021 in September, beats Matstaras Mukalakas. Win sidekick to the knee round two, and then last night beating Carl Robinson hooks to the body. 25 seconds of round number two. Now there was some weird camera angles that I had going on. Another tweet of the week uh, I have on here was somebody tweeting out an, uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh photo of that exact frame, which I don't think I'm probably gonna find for you guys right now because that's just how I run my video show. Luckily for you guys listening to the podcast, here it is. Uh, Alex Krashner, you're getting tweet of the week here on Pure Evil MMA at Alex K-A-R-S-H-N-E-R. Y'all should have known Khalil Roundtree was about to annihilate someone when this was the last you saw of him before the fight started. Now, I don't know what this photo next to him is. Maybe you anime guys may know. And if you do know, 
please comment below because I've been getting a lot of anime lately. One Punch Man I've been watching, huge fan of, but that was a weird, really weird uh, angle of them. But hey, something new, something different, why complain? So, Leo Roundtree and his story, man. What what a story that is. And we don't know what the future is going to hold for Khalil Roundtree. He might go on a four-fight losing streak. He might go on a four-fight winning streak. Look at Diego's, uh, not Diego Sanchez, Glover Teixeira. Which gets us into our next segment. The Evil Eye of the Week. Now, our evil eye of the week. I don't know if I should call it really the evil eye of the week. Greg Hardy losing his last fight, right? We know his story. Getting kicked out of the U. Uh, getting kicked out of World. Not World Series. Getting kicked out of the NFL. Sorry, my first beer. You guys remember your first beer? Getting kicked out of the NFL for beating his wife. Now, here's somebody that wanted to make. A return to show everybody that he made changes in his life by entering mixed martial arts entering mixed martial arts you want to show us so by entering as heavyweight light heavyweight whatever you want to show us the changes that you're making because you just beat your wife up we're supposed to accept you for that that's not that's not the way that this goes. That's not the way that this works. That's not the way that this goes. There's a lot of people out there that root against them. I was back and forth when it came to Greg Hardy. Now I don't know why I can't find my Greg Hardy, but we're gonna find it for you guys. This was somebody that was really exciting when he first entered the UFC. There's a lot of people like James, who had to shut off his comments. I'm about to give up on the Greg Hardy search here. Let me see. Let me see if I can find the Greg Hardy window, which I won't. I won't. Oh, here we go. Greg Hardy. All right, perfect, guys. So when Greg Hardy first came into the UFC, he was dominating people. He had great matchups. This is a guy that was new to the UFC. The way that they were building him up on the Ultimate Fighter... You know, they didn't sign him the first night, but Dana White said, and this was the beginning of the trick, I believe. I have a whole conspiracy theory about this. They said, all right, go in there and get a couple more fights done. Let's see what you're really all about. Because once you get into the UFC, it's a whole different ball game. You're not going to get easy fights. Being tough enough is not going to get you too far. Now, that was back in 2018. He made his debut on Dana Way's Tuesday Night Contender Series. He gets the knockout, round one, 57 seconds, brutal. They bring him back on the Contender Series. 17 second knockout, again in 2018. They send him off to Extreme Fight Night, 350, uh, 352. He gets a round one finish in 53 seconds. So now they signed him to the UFC. And an illegal knee happened. Now, you can say what you will. The whole conversation that entire night was, oh, he's a new fighter. He wasn't aware. You know, this and that. And we had the whole inhaler gate situation where he took a puff of his inhaler, which our discussion was like, you might as well drink a a red ball in the middle of each round, right? Do a line of cocaine in the middle of each round. So his first fight in the UFC, illegal knee, wasn't the debut he wanted. They throw him back in there. He gets a first round finish, ground to pound, over Dmitry Smoklikov. And he beats Juan Adams via hammer fist in 45 seconds, 2019. Then Ben Sosley, there was a no contest. Um, 2019. Then he loses to Al Alexander Volkov, which at the time, when I saw that that fight signed, I was like, "Wow, that's a that's a huge step up." If I was Greg Hardy, I would keep taking the safer fights. 
It ensures that you stay in the UFC as long as you can. Because if you look at the big stars, once, once you're in their top 15, top 10, top 5, you're facing the best of the best. These guys are tweaked out. With, with USADA on their asses as well. So he goes in there and we were all like, all right, he, he learned something from that fight. That was 2019. After that, beats Jorgen DeCastro by decision. Uh, beats Maurice Green, which I was pretty surprised about, uh, with a power jab, grounded pound, round two. Then goes on a three-fight losing streak. Loses to Marcin Tabura, round two, 2020. Loses to Tai Tuavasa, counterhook to grounded pound, round one. And then loses to Sergey Spikvak. Via ground and pound, two minutes, 16 seconds of round one on the other side. When the shoe's on the other foot, right? Now you can say it was the management's fault. But here's what I got to say about it all. This was Dana White's lesson to Greg Hardy. All right, kid, you want you want to turn your life around? You, you made it into the NFL. You got kicked out. We'll give you another chance over here. But you also realized, you know, once you come in here, if you don't do well, you know, you waste a lot of years during your prime. You, know, you can do this, that, the other thing, invest some money into a business. How, how are you planning to make a comeback after beating your wife? You're probably going to get a lot of bad, a lot of bad TMZ videos coming out about you. No one's probably going to like you. So, you know what? We're going to sign you come in here and I want to watch you knock guys out. What he really meant was I want to watch you come in here and know what it feels like to have someone that's so much stronger than you that's fired up with testosterone. And I want to watch you get dominated. And I want the girl that you hurt to watch every second of it and see you get finished see you get brain damage i mean that's that's kind of brutal but that's the lesson that happened you look at a lot of fighters that were on three fight losing streaks that made turnarounds a lot of them there's a lot of them out there greg hardy just had a lesson planned a long lesson it's it's UFC is the mob changed my mind right there and Greg Hardy after every win we would watch him get really cocky and people enjoyed having a heel in there people were tweeting things out like uh Greg Hardy a uh, shout out to MMA roasted another tweet of the week uh saying Greg Hardy is now trying to sign with Invicta which we all knew was coming a lot of people thought Greg Hardy was just an asshole. Now, as the years went on, I began protecting Greg Hardy. And, and it was when he was actually losing. Because I enjoyed his fights a lot. I enjoyed his fights. I, I do believe people can change. I've changed. I know a lot of people that change. You guys know a lot of people that change. Uh, you know, in any sport, people change. But every dog has his day. And Dana White watched him have three days. Three finishes, nonetheless, within two years. I said it over and over again. It's hard to root for somebody that's trying to make a change in their life by getting wins in mixed martial arts, knocking out men their size. So for the people out there, including myself, that enjoyed his losses, You can thank Dana White for that. Because the joke was definitely on Greg Hardy. Now, Greg Hardy had this to tweet out. Let me get to Greg's Instagram here. Go to window capture. Bada bing, bada boom. Greg Hardy. All right, so Greg Hardy had this to say. I move it over for you guys. Sorry for you listening on the audio. All right. From Greg Hardy on his Instagram. This is just one day ago, guys. Now, 
March 13th, about to be March 15th as we reach midnight here on the East Coast. Greg Hardy, IG's out. I would say tweets out, but IG's out. What a run, your boy is far from done. Just got some fine tuning to do. Thank you to all my fans and haters. I appreciate you all. Which that line right there, I respect. Because every hero story, every comeback story has haters. There's a lot of haters out there. You know, even Kevin Lee was was hated. Uh, Conor McGregor was hated for a long time. Um, you know, you go, you 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 can go through it. Greg Hardy saying that. I appreciate my fans and haters. I appreciate you all. Mostly, I appreciate my coaches, family, and the UFC for giving me the opportunity to shine bright. He learned his lesson. That was a good lesson for him to learn. And I do believe that he will move on from this and take this as a lesson. Because now he knows what it's like to get dominated. I mean, we were watching him celebrate in there after he was knocking guys out. And we're like... We're, are we, am I supposed to clap right now? It's like that viral show that's going on that aired long ago. I forgot what the name of it was called. But they'd have somebody sit in a hot seat and they would take a lie detector test beforehand and they would have their whole family sit there and they would ask them the most sinister questions that they had to admit to to try to win money. And there was one insane one where this girl's sitting there and she admits that she slept with someone else other than her husband. Then they bring uh, her ex-boyfriend out and they ask her, if I wanted to get back with you right now, would you leave your husband? And in the show, you can tap this buzzer. Someone in the family can tap the buzzer so they don't have to answer. The sister steps in there and taps the buzzer. It was unfair to the boyfriend because boyfriend should know. You're not, you're not going to go on with your life. This is going to cause hell at home. They bring back another question. Say, all right, you got the fair pass. Now here's the next question. Do you believe you married the wrong person and should have married me? So no difference, right? And she answers yes. So basically saying, I would leave my husband and I think I belong with you. And the husband's sitting there. I mean, it was just, it was just brutal. It was just brutal. So it, it was kind of like that, watching Greg Hardy knock, uh, you know, heavyweights out and cheer for him, even though they were in the first round, they were exciting, considering his backstory. But what a lot of us were waiting for was the three-fight lose streak when they rushed him. Now, I can also rebuttal with this, though. That is like the worst thing you could do as a, as a fighter. Ask Kevin Lee. It's the worst thing you can do as a fighter. You 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 don't want to rush. Even Tai Tuivasa, where he's at right now. Uh, if if you look at Tai Tuivasa, as I drop the other mouse down here, and uh, and the battery's missing, a fangul. <sighs> which 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 would you? We actually learned from uh, Tai Tuivasa because he was in a similar situation. Where he was losing some fights and then he goes in there and ends up beating Derek Lewis, who's ranked at the top. Now, I don't like Tai Tuivasa because I think he's an asshole when I did my Instagram interview with him. But right now he's on a five-fight win streak. Before that, he was on a three-fight losing streak. When he was undefeated, they sent him in there against JDS, of all people. Then they sent him in there against World Series of Fighting, a former... Badass and champ, Lagoff Ivanov, who I've seen go in there at World Series of Fighting on New Year's and ruin people's lives. I, th I forgot who it was actually, but it was it was somebody from the UFC that we all know. Uh, Johnson was it Johnson? Let's take a look here. Something that a lot of people like to do to. Uh, Sean, Sean Jordan. Yeah, he beat Sean Jordan. When Sean Jordan, Josh Copeland as well, I should say, in there. 
when we're talking about Lagov, Ivanov, Aga. You know, having them go in there and fight people like that, bro, that's against you. You're jumping the chain. JDS and then that? For Tai Tuivasa, then you go in there against uh, Sergei Spikfak, lose via arm triangle, choke in round two. Back in 2019, we didn't know what was going to happen with him. This is a guy who beat James McSweeney to get in the UFC, I always bring up. But then he beats Stefan Struve, round one. He beats Harry Hunsucker, 49 seconds in round one. He beats Greg Hardy, round one. He beats Augusto Saki, round two in 26 seconds. He beats Derek Lewis in round two. Now you got him back at the top. Now you could say that that was the perfect climb for him, that he learned his lesson, going back to almost the Dustin uh, Poirier talk that we were just having here. Because Dustin, you know, he used to be more of a brawler. He wanted to go in there and just brawl. When he thought his ego was at stake, he would bite down on the mouth guard and he would go as hard as he could. And he learned the lesson from that. So there, there are so many stories that came out of UFC Vegas 50 here. Let me know what your favorite part was. Um, also, guys, there was a lot of crazy things that went down this weekend. We got to watch Eagle FC, which I actually... I don't know. I didn't really enjoy Eagle FC that much. I mean, great fight. Great fight. Let me let me pull up. Let me get this out of here for you guys. Let me get Marlon out of there. And let me find Eagle FC for you guys. I'm pretty bad at this. I'll tell you that right now. Eagle FC, where are you? Eagle FC, where are you? Alright, so I'm not going to find it, but... Eagle FC went down, and man, I got to say, Kevin Lee has not had a win since 2019. 2019. They leave the UFC. Now, Kevin Lee had a career going for him, man. They thought he was going to be the next big thing. Unfortunately, Kevin Lee gets the ticket. He's gone. He's out of the big show. It was it was actually pretty sad. Uh, I won't lie. Here it is. All right, I just had to add it in here for you guys that are watching the video cast. Let's stretch this the screen. Eagle FC man for the main event. They did a lot of promoting for this fight. Diego Sanchez has two more fights with Eagle FC. He takes a loss against Kevin Lee. I didn't see anything too special in this fight. It, it was just it was just weird watching. BKFC also went down. Um, I did not have a chance to watch that, even though I interviewed Jeremiah Riggs. Hopefully he won. Don't know what happened, but uh, let me know if you enjoyed Eagle FC and what you think about that. Let me know what you think about the rest of the news that we had on today's show. I think that really does it for this week's episode of pure evil on may if i'm missing anything at all i will make sure to catch it on the next podcast i will be doing my top five favorite mma movies and a couple of reaction videos here on pure evil on may so make sure to go to youtube.com pure evil mma and subscribe there hit the notification bell and then itunes spotify stitcher i realize when i'm looking at my stats via megaphone fm a lot of my listeners are coming back i appreciate that and i want to bring up before i go that the store is officially back up guys store envy so pureevilma.storeenvy.com i just designed the snapback hat myself my own design we got a neck gator we got pure evil my earrings we got t-shirts we got fanny packs we got backpacks, towels, mugs, which I have a mug myself here in my hand. Hopefully you guys are seeing what I'm seeing. Yep, you are. Sweatpants, which I really want to order. I'm not making much off of uh, these purchases, but every dollar is really going to help me. I've been trying to figure out if I should do a Patreon 
um, trying to figure out the whole super chat thing and how that works because I know a lot of people here like to interact live on the shows. But I just I really don't know what to do. Megaphone.fm, they're inserting ads in my show, but I'm not getting paid much for it. I want to make this my full-time career. I want to really immerse myself into the life of an MMA journalist. I, I do believe that's my future. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what gets me out of bed every single morning. Going back to what Khalil had to say. You know, my story coming from somebody that was sticking needles in my arms, slitting my wrist, um, you know, doing the most awful things to contain drugs, to, to stay high on opiates and going through withdrawals and just bad relationships I've gone through, bad decisions I've made. I'm trying to make a comeback and, and here's my story, trying to give you the purest MMA news that I could from somebody who's also trying his hardest and UFC Vegas 50 was really a story. I hope I captured every single piece of that story like no one else has. But that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Eve Letty from Pure Evil MMA. And remember, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles till the end. Save yourself.